RadioInfluence.com. What's happening, peeps? How you be? Rock O'Reilly here with you. Another edition of The Rock Stops here. We've got a guest today, media member, fan turned broadcaster for his favorite team that he has so much passion for, Seth Cush. Seth Kushner, Seth Cush will join me. We sat outside of Thunder Alley, right there outside of Amelie Arena on a nice morning. I will get into that in just a second. But uh, back from Georgia, back from North Georgia. I mean, North, North Georgia, up by Cleveland and dropping off our daughter to a month sleepaway camp. She is 12 years old. She has never been away from her mama and daddy, really her mama, so tight with her mama, uh, for more than like one night just to sleep over at a friend's house. So there was an emotional thing there for my wife to deal with and for her to just getting away from the phone. How about that? Unplugging from electronics for a month. That is a win. However you want to look at it. And it was just great getting away. You know, I have a little different attitude towards like summer vacation. I worked for 18 years at one station, Bay News 9. And then slash also Bright House Sports Network and it became Spectrum, but 18 years. And it feels, seriously, it feels like I worked there like maybe five years. That's it. You know, and nobody cares what you did in the past or who you cut. No, 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 no one cares. What are you doing for me lately? What are you doing now? And I remember after my last year there, after 18 years, which was now like three to four years ago, three and a half, four years, three years ago, something like that. Uh, maybe even four. Oh my God. I remember Ira Kaufman, who is with JoeBucksFan.com. Oh, and I have, do have an announcement, but I'll officially announce that maybe on the next podcast. I will be covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Oh, my God, getting to go there. I put in my vaccination card. Everything should be good. You're going to get in-depth coverage. I got a second podcast. It's going to be strictly on the Bucks. something different from this. We're keeping this bad boy going. But anyway, anyway. Ira Kaufman has been a, a sports reporter for 40 some years and he's the hall of fame presenter out of the Tampa area for the pro football hall of fame. And I had him on a podcast during super bowl week. I will bring him back on soon. Uh, and I remember the first year that I was, I was not full time after 18 years as the main sports anchor reporter and a uh, regional TV, uh, deal. And he's like, where'd you go on vacation? And I'm like, vacation. I've been on vacation. This is my first year out. What am I going to go on vacation? But now before football season, and I got a whole different perspective now that I've been away from the grind, like I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And I have been, I was up in New Jersey. I was uh, in Maryland. I was in Pennsylvania and now with my wife and we got to spend like two nights, three days by ourselves without the dog, without our daughter. It was glorious. No, no, I love my daughter. Love our dog. Of course, my son is my, if I can see him more, that'd be great. He's 24 years old and doing his thing, but it was just really, really nice, man. Just chilling out and it's the mountains. Oh my God. Just beautiful. The fog in the morning, you know, right there because you're up high in the mountains and we're taking walks and on, you know, this elevation and, you know, it's good for your legs, man. It's different because down here in Florida, where I'm broadcasting from, you know, it's flat as hell. And when you're in the mountains and walking these steep hills, it's just, you feel it in your legs. It's good for you. It's great. And to be able to enjoy. So it was great back. We still, we're getting close now to training camp. I'm going to be all over it. It's going to be a busy, busy season. I am going to hit you on the back end after the Seth Cush interview you know, with the Olympics going on now and the men's basketball losing the two exhibition games, they won one, they lost two. And it's just uh, my opinion on that USA baseball. They've got a team. It's all double a triple a players, no major league current roster players. I actually kind of like that. Uh, I'll hit on that. Conor McGregor and his excuses. That's where I just you lose, you know, I'll hit on that. Howard Johnson. Remember, remember Hojo? 
He played Major League Baseball. I was most notably remembered as a Met, New York Met. And his grandson was in a horrific lawnmower accident. Oh, when a little one like that is hurt. Oh, my God. So I got a great Howard Johnson story. I may or may not have told it on one of my first podcasts. If not, I know I told it on the radio. But I got a story there. Um, well, there's plenty of stuff to talk about that will hang after this interview. But let me just set this up. And it's funny now. My wife doesn't understand it. You know, I have longtime friends that I've known since high school or whatever. Their, their lives and my life is like so totally different. Someone my age usually, usually has kids that are grown, might even have their own kids now as grandparents. I have remarried. My wife now is 17 years younger than me. And like I say, we have a daughter that's 12. I'm in a different, it's just different mindset. And when I went back to New Jersey, I knew I went back to visit in the area where I started in radio. And one of the guys that I hung out with, I had never met before, but I would just see his posts on Instagram and Facebook. He's the, he's Steve Allen. He is the uh, PD program director of the station where I worked at and he, the cluster, he's got two or three others there that he's the PD. And there's a guy that it's the morning man that I work with 35 years ago, but he's got a different like lifestyle. And I ended up going and had a great time with Steve Allen, who I had never met. And the reason why I'm telling you that is I can just tell, I can just tell that I would vibe with it's, it's unbelievable, isn't it? That's the good thing about social media. Like, and I, and so Seth Cush, is a longtime broadcaster in radio, not in sports, but in talk. He did a morning show with this Fisher, Fisher and Boy. Now, 97X was not my station, but I would listen to those guys. I'd flip around in the morning and he was known as Boy. It was Fisher and Boy. And then, but I never, I have never met Seth Cush until this interview when we sat down, but I knew that I would vibe with him. Just following him. He went from there to 1025 The Bone. It's a hot talk, guy talk, guy talk. Very successful here in the Tampa Bay area. It's funny because I was telling my brother-in-law, there's a station The Bone, guy talk. He goes, oh, that, that format's dead. And maybe around the country it is. But it's doing well here in Tampa Bay. So anyway, he was on the Drew Garabo show there. Decided he, he wanted to move on. He went with the Bubba the Love Sponge, very controversial. I've known Bubba, had a fallout, and then we were okay. And I got, you know, I, I respect him, man. He, he he was at the pinnacle. He was on went to Howard Stern 101, Howard's uh, on Sirius XM. Uh, he's had a lot of success, very controversial. And Seth was with him, Bubba Army, Bubba the Love Sponge, and decided he was kind of getting this, you know, done with radio. But the last two years he's done, he's worked for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's got a podcast called The Block Party where he brings in uh, current Lightning players, uh, coaches. He just had the GM on. And then he also did a thing for the Tampa Bay Lightning, working for the Lightning organization called The Chirp. It's a social media so uh, a digital show and they ended up put and he brings on, he's brought on Kevin Kiermeyer from the Rays. He's brought on uh, celebrities. I think he had the, the gravy train who uh, the rapper that's very popular and anybody that stops by Emily arena, they go on the chirp and then they do, you know, with your hashtag and it's a socially media driven show within the young guy. And they put their thing, their clips up on the big board on the Jumbotron. So what I wanted to focus on, I was debating going into this. Uh, should I hit him up? But but if I hit him up on the bone, how, what was it like working with Drew Garabo? What was it like working for Bubba the Love Sponge? That, although Bubba has more of a, you know, he does have a national name on Twitch and what he has done on Howard's show. But I didn't want it to become Tampa Bay Radio. Now, if you're in the Tampa Bay market, you'd be very interested. But I'm trying 
to not make this so Tampa centric. Uh, it's more of a national interest. That's I just had the boxers on AEW wrestler, uh, former NFL guys. And by living here, yeah, it tends to be Tampa driven, but I'm trying not to do that. So I didn't know if I was going to ask him about that, see how it goes. And the way it flowed, we ended up just getting into being a fan and then living out your dream. He fan, his passion is the Tampa Bay lightning. If you've ever followed him, he does little videos. He's just so into it. And to be able to actually work for the Tampa Bay lightning. All right, so that's kind of what we focused on. He's very open. He's a dad, a husband. He's had uh, ang- very bad anxiety, uh, and he's open about it. And and and. But anyway, here he is. Without further ado, we sat down in Thunder Alley, and in this intro, I couldn't. Th- Thunder just didn't come to off the top of my 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 top my my head my tongue, and I'm hemming and hawing. Alley, alley, power. I just couldn't think of Thunder. It's at Thunder Alley. Here he is, Seth Kush. All right, Seth Kush, Seth Kushner. We are here in the alley, Power Alley, the the, the home of the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. And I am with a member of the Lightning organization wearing your Lightning gear. Seth, how are you? I'm doing great, Rock. And just so you know, I paid full price for this shirt and hat. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. And can you feel like, even though nobody's here right now and we like it because we're in the shade, can you feel like the energy, like the leftover energy? It's great. Thunder Alley is what they call. And there was about, what do you think? It was close to maybe 10,000, 9,000 outs side here during the uh, final? It was amazing. I was here for every final game and I start what for the home games. I watched each period, the first period outside because I wanted to be with the fans and, and see it projected on the parking garage. I mean, it was it was absolutely electric. I can't tell you how exciting it was to be around all those people. And I was out here when Yanni scored that shorthanded goal in game seven. And no. Everybody's going crazy. So, yeah, it's you feel it anywhere inside, outside, but outside special. I'm an outside guy. Me too. Now, now to, to give a little background, Seth is a broadcaster and he's been in radio for years, but basically really a sports fan and more, it comes through a lightning fan. Is that, you are a fan first, a strong fan. Yeah, I, I got this job um, because I, I love the lightning and I kind of started, it started a, a while ago. Um, I reached out to Matt Sam and I think about 2015 and I said, Hey, do you guys have any any jobs? You know, he's like, no, we're in radio. There's like two jobs here with the lightning. But he goes, I have a show that you can do for free if you'd want. And they have it. They had a stream called Lightning Power Play, and um, I was like, doing a show for free for the lightning, cool. You know, so uh, I started doing that, and it wasn't an X's and O show. It was just an interview. Like I'd interview like security guys and chefs and just you know stuff like that. And um, uh, I did that for for a few years, and then. Um, and then Matt, I think, was let go. Correct. Uh, I think at the end of the uh, that Blue Jacket season, and and the Lightning called me, and I thought it was over, like because that was my contact. Matt Salmon. Right. And uh, and I got a call out of the blue one day to uh, to ask if I was interested in, in hosting a podcast with Dan Girardi, who had just retired from the Lightning. So that was like literally just got a call from Brian Breesman out of the blue. And said, "Are you? We got this guy. He's funny. We want to do a podcast. We need like a radio guy." And I go, "Wow, that's the recipe for podcast success." So I said, "Sign me up." Wow. So all of a sudden now, here you are, huge Lightning fan, and you are officially doing a podcast with an NHL player. Now take it a step further. Then that was tweaked a little bit. Yes. Yeah. I'll tell you. At first, it was interesting because I don't think Dan really. I think. Dan's coaching right now with the Sabres, and I don't think he wanted to be a podcaster. He was just trying to figure out what it was going to be. They offered it to him. So it was the great thing about it was that the podcast that I did with Dan and we did with players is going to be different than anything that I do because Dan knows these players. He can get them to open up in ways that I would never be able to. He was able to – we got Marty St. Louis, Victor Hedman. We had guys that probably wouldn't do one-on-ones with me. But we, I did them with Girardi, and they were special. So, um, but the pandemic hit. Yep. Uh, we did about twenty episodes. Pandemic hits. Girardi goes back to Canada. Podcast is like in limbo. I figure it's over. Right. They come back to me and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna let you keep it going." 
And I sit here today with you, 73 episodes deep. 73. Uh, did, block done, party. Block party. I've done 50 plus on my own. And I'm. it's been incredible. I can't, I just, there's, to, to be a fan and to get to talk to Stamkos and Vinny and Espo and Kevin Kiermeyer and Derek Brooks and just people <laughs> in Tampa Bay that, that the Lightning are able to get to come on the podcast and you know, Ryan Malone and Teddy Purcell and Callahan and just these guys that have played over the years and the stories and how it all ties in together with the team that's here today is it, it is special. And and the reason why, Rock, that I, I love the Lightning so much is because being in radio for so long and, and never in sports radio. Right. But I'll, I'll say it. and I hope it's OK to say. Sure. The Rays were difficult to work with. Um, the Buccaneers were difficult to work with in right. radio and the Lightning were never difficult to work with. They were always it would always give you access to players. They'd let me go in the locker room. It was, you know, they'd hook you up with tickets and all that stuff like they would really take care of you. Right. And. Um, that's why I was like, wow, this is a first class organization really through and through. So I became a fan that way. Um, you know, I just, see. just through all that, because I was born in Chicago. I'm a right. Bears fan, I'm a White Sox fan. So Blackhawks too? No, that thankfully, thankfully I wasn't raised like a hockey fan. So I was able to latch onto at least one Tampa team, which is why yeah. I'm so proud of being a lightning fan, because that's my that's my one team that I love in Tampa Bay. So beautiful. That, that's where it all comes from. Now, before we get to the next venture, which was with here, was an incredible success. I remember when they put the block party up on the big board. What was that like the first time you saw inside Emily Arena on the huge scoreboard a clip of you and with the block party? I got it. I mean, <laughs> the fact that you bring this up is is awesome. It, it's. It's amazing. I mean, it was during they ran clips of the block party this year when fans got back in the building, uh, you know, during intermissions. And I believe somebody sent me a picture one time. Uh, I was at home and somebody sent me a picture. I don't know this year. And I I was just I couldn't believe it. Like the podcast like we're on lightning radio. It's all over. I meet these people. But the Jumbotron and I'll tell you what, Rock, you know why it meant a lot? Because uh, there's a lot of people and radio that don't like me and, you know, they don't want to see you succeed. And then I'm right there in their face wherever they go. And I'm a constant reminder <laughs> that that I can completely leave a business behind and, and be at least what I think somewhat of a success. I'm having a great time with it. So so I feel good about it. I'm having fun. They're paying me a little bit. So I feel successful in this venture. Now, the chirp was something new, was unique, started. Did it start like social media? Did they want to have more of a presence? And how did that begin? They started the chirp. So Breezeman's talking to me last year when the Lightning are playing the Islanders in the Eastern Conference final, and he goes, hey, we got this show we're thinking about doing for the final, some some Twitter show. Would you be interested in doing it? Was, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. And what it was, they had they have a kid here, JP, very talented kid, has 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, um, and they paired us up, and I talked to him one time, and I knew that I'd be able to do a show with him. And, it yeah, it was a Twitter show. We did it. I was here for... Every game of the Stanley Cup final, which obviously was not here, but it was still cool to be in the building because everybody else was here from the Lightning, just not the players. And we had, they got us Aaron Andrews as a guest, Titus O'Neill. Like they really, we had some heavy hitting guests and we did a pregame and then we did intermission reports and it, it was fun. It was a great experience to be here. Obviously the Lightning won the cup. So to kind of get to experience that, you know, everybody went upstairs. They're celebrating. I'm like, wow, you know, because I'm, I would only come and do the podcast, and then I barely knew anybody here. Right so. now, this is 2019, correct? Yes. When you start, oh, gotcha. Yes. Not even to when everybody's here. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they did that, and then they did the chirp for the final, and then they they did it again for the whole regular season. So every right. Wednesday, I came here and did the chirp. So I was here for the first game of the year where they played the Blackhawks and nobody was in the building. Right. So I got to kind of see my own private hockey game, which was amazing. So yes. yeah, that's, uh, that's how the trip came to be. And we did it. Boom. Again, all the way through the final. I was, we were here, like I said, for every game this year during the final, when there was actually people in the building, I got paid to watch the Stanley Cup final rock. I mean, I don't know what to, I don't know what to tell you. No, you can see when you do your little sort of thing going in and stuff and the walk and you can just feel the excitement and your passion. What was it like 
when I want you to explain, I, I was here for a game or two when there were no fans and then to go from no fans and then like 2,500 and 25 and then to the, 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 oh my God, and winning the cup with all the fans and we will we, we'll get to the boat parade, but it was a little strange. It was here. It was strange. It was strange to me. You know, the music, what was it like? It was strange, but I got to tell you, I liked it. If you're going to, we're going <laughs> to, you can like everything I, with, when it comes to the light, hockey. Well, I, I was hoping, I never thought that we would see packed stadiums again. Like, I thought those days were over. You know, and I was actually not mad about that because you go to a Buccaneers game and it's 95 degrees and you're sitting next to a guy and your knees are sweating and they're touching each other. And I'm like, I, know, I, know. I gotta like this, you know? I, I know? So I never thought we would see something like this again. And it happened and I enjoyed seeing games when nobody was here, but I also enjoy being around other Lightning fans. That's what makes the lightning so special is to be around everybody out here that whether it's raining, whether it's 80, 90 degrees, they're all here because they love the lightning. You're not just coming out here. Maybe you are just cause it's nice. You, that might be part of it, but most people love the lightning that are here and supporting them. And, and I love being around it. So I'm good. I'm good either way. <laughs> but I, 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 I thought that we would see half stadiums for the rest of our, our day. So I'm a little surprised. Yeah, especially indoors too. It yeah. was amazing, man. But it, but it works, you know. We're not not everybody's on top of each other, and it, it's oh, fun. I know. Oh, I'm vaccinated. I know. It's all good. You got it. My father-in-law uh, sprung some tickets for myself and uh, my son-in-law, and we were right down. It was uh, the Islanders series, but I mean down low, like off the glass. And I've never been close like that. Oh, and when really? you are down low like that, to see the speed, how fast, how good they are, it's it's incredible to me, hockey, at this level. It really is, and not everybody gets to ever be that close right. to get to see how big these guys are, how fast they are. But Have you I, had a chance I, to go down? Uh, yeah, all I can do is co-sign with you, where I would watch the game out here, and then I would go, and there's like a little VIP tunnel where you can't really see, but you're down on ice level, and you just see the guys zipping back and forth, and you go, "This, these guys are just the top athletes in the world, and some of the nicest guys in the world, and that's why they're easy to root for. It's always been like that. I've been doing sports coverage for 25 years or so, and what I have found is with all NFL and MLB, and the hockey guys overall seem to be the most down to earth. And it's been like that since I got in it for 25 years. Do you notice that? You've interviewed other athletes. In I have. Career. I've interviewed other athletes. I've interviewed, uh, I interviewed Kenny Albert, I think. I asked him a couple of weeks ago what separates hockey guys. Because he does every sport. I mean, I ask anybody I can, you know, what separates hockey guys. I think a lot of it is that a lot of them are, are foreign. So maybe that's why they're a bit more polite. <laughs> no doubt. Um, but, but I, I don't know. It's just that's a common theme. Whatever it is, they're humble guys, and I appreciate it. And the fact that I was able to get some guys, you know, not everybody, but I'm able to get to some guys to kind of open up on the block party, like Yanni Gore did a little bit. He told me a story this year when they were celebrating the Stanley Cup last year. His mom got so drunk he had to carry her off a boat. And I was like, wow, nobody else has that. Nobody else has that story, you know? So I, and then I talked to Ross Colton this year and he told me about flying on a private jet here, you know, when he made, he got called up and with that experience and how cool that was. So just getting to hear these guys talk about some of the best days of their life. It's, it's an, it's inspiring. It, to me, it's unbelievable. We, we know how talented they are. And you got the, great, the greatest goalie, okay, and all that jazz. And it starts from Vinick. Yes. But to, to be able to repeat, it's incredible. So it's incredible to get it done again. I, I never thought that, you know, champion. We all know championships are hard. Whether our favorite team, whatever, long-suffering Bears fan. I saw my White Sox win in 05. But either championships are rare. And I interviewed uh, Julian Breezewall yesterday, and I told him, I thanked him at the end. I said, as a fan, thank you for what you've done for this team because I know that championships are hard to get, and we went back-to-back, back, and that will never be forgotten, and that will never be anything that we ever take for granted. So I, the fact that I was actually able to relay that in a, in, a, in a manner where I didn't stutter all over myself, I was quite proud of Rock. Good but job. I told JBB it's I, it was special last year for me. Uh, went to the Raymond James celebration. You know, we did a chirp from there. Then all of a sudden, I'm just hanging out, and I'm I'm right next to all the players. I, as a, I'm like, I shouldn't even be here. <laughs> then I see Pat Maroon. I get a picture with Pat Maroon, just like kind of as a fan. So um, it's the fact that they did it again, and we got to experience all this stuff again. Is what what can you say? There's 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 nothing to say. It's it's magical and. It's been a long time coming. I think all of the, the hurt and agony that, that people have felt over the years, 
recently with the Lightning, I, I think I think it all paid off. We knew that this team, when they suffered a heartbreaking sweep with the Blue Jackets, or they lost in fifteen, or you know whatever, like or they lost to the the Caps. We knew that they still had the potential, and the window was always there. And to get it done two years in a row just really, really drives that point home for all the people that, that never gave up on these guys, never turned on a Stamkos or, or anybody, never turned on a John Cooper and people like that. Isn't it funny how so many fans outside of Tampa Bay hate Tampa Bay? Uh, the They cheated over the cap. Uh, Kucherov uh, sat out. Uh, the pads are too big for Vasilevsky. I was just thinking <laughs> about it. I'm like, oh, my God. Would I be that guy if my team didn't win? And isn't it something? Can you just say the lightning were good, man? I think it's okay. I think it's okay to be the bad guys. You know, I think the Buccaneers are probably the bad guys. Oh. You know, with Tom Brady. So oh. I think it's I think it's okay. You know, the, everybody loves the Rays because the Rays are the underdog every year. So I'm okay. To me, I compare people that don't really pay attention to hockey. I say the Lightning are the Golden State Warriors with Kevin Durant. There's just so much talent it's hard to even put into words and we expect them to win every year so that's how i try to break down the, the super team that is the tampa bay lightning because that's what they are they've got guys right now that are playing that are hall of famers they've got guys on their team that are going to be some of the all-time greats they've got guys that could be put out here on statues there's just some real epic legendary players right now on the lightning now you always got like then when it comes to the party and I think the boat parade is, I think it's just, because it's different. There, It's not a ticker tape parade. And when Brady threw the trophy, that got a lot of, you know, and then Kucherov has made a name for himself. Not only what he, he's one of the greatest players ever. Mm-hmm. He is a character. Yes. Is he not? Do you get a kick out of him? He's a, here's the thing, Rock. He's a character when they win the cup. He's a character. I didn't even know Nikita Kucherov could talk until last year when they won the cup. I really? I had no idea. Yeah, because a lot of these guys, I've never interviewed him. A lot of, I don't think he likes to do media. A lot of them are. You no, know, I don't see him. You're right. Yeah. Now that I think what? of it. I get it. They come in here, they do their business, and they that's what they, and when they win the championship, they'll talk to you. So the fact that I know that Nikita probably, all the guys say great things about him. You know, you I don't know, you've probably heard for a long time, Nikita Kucherov had been trashed in the media because people were saying, like, he wasn't a team guy or he was a had a bad attitude. And all of his teammates always said great things about him. And I'm going to listen to the teammates ahead of anything else. So yeah, uh, to see Cooch be able to, to have fun and see these guys celebrate, to know they're here to win a Stanley Cup. When the season begins and all that, like, it can be fun when they're winning, but they have a goal in mind. And to see them accomplish that goal and to let loose, that is, that's beautiful. And I love to see it from Cooch and I, I don't, how do these seasons, like, can, I can't see a season ending where we lose, we don't win the cup, and then Cooch isn't drunk celebrating shirtless. Like, I just can't imagine <laughs> a season ending that way right now, Rock. I want I want Cooch to be happy every offseason. Yeah, it's funny. There's a guy, uh, Publix is our supermarket here in Tampa Bay, and there's a bagger, and I didn't even, re- I knew he had the accent, and I didn't realize he was Russian. His name is Dennis. And oh, my God, when he sees me, he's from New York originally. He's huge, all his New York teams. And he's, he'll he'll walk, walk me out to my car. I don't need the bagger. He's always going like this. And he's, you know, I said, are you finally going to give it up to the Lightning? Because he's Ranger fans. And he's like, yeah, they got to, let me tell you, they're bad, you know, blah, blah, blah. And our Russian guys, now listen. And he goes, I stick up for Russian players. And, you know, when we drink, that's how we get. I've got uncles that go crazy when they drink. So lay off Kucherov. I said, I'm not, I'm not lay off him. I think he's hysterical. Absolutely. But him and Vasilevsky, I think there was even video. They were, they were like singing. It was a Russian oh, a yeah. song or something. And they were just having such a great time. I'm surprised that a Rangers fan wouldn't. Uh, Rangers fans, uh, honestly, the ones that I've run into is because um, doing the podcast with Girardi and him having such a, a fan base from New York. They all love the Lightning. They they were rooting for us against the Islanders because they hate the Islanders. They were rooting for us uh, against Montreal because they hate Canada. Like, the Rangers fans were were big because we've had Girardi, Callahan, JT Miller. I mean, how many guys have come through, you know, the Rangers pipeline that, that have come to Tampa Bay? So, McDonough, um, can't forget about right. him. So, a lot of Rangers fans do do like the lightning, so I'm surprised to hear this bagger needs to get on board with the rest of the rest Dennis, of the New Yorkers. Dennis, Dennis, he drives me crazy, <laughs> man. You, uh, is there any? I'm sure you have so many different stories. Anything at all that stands out to you that maybe really just blew you away? Whether it was the podcast, whether it was chirp, whether it's being in the building, whatever it may be, Seth. I'm glad you asked that because I I'm just going to tell you what I I 
the highlight for me, and I don't ever want to forget this, was I suffer from horrible anxiety. Yeah, and you and you know what? You're out there. You're you're open about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You, you I, have. I, to I be. like that. Though. I appreciate that. It's it's bad, and I had horrible anxiety for for multiple reasons coming to do the chirp for for some of these games and i did the chirp i think we interviewed mayor caster and i felt nauseous and i was going to go outside because i would walk around walk around here breathe try to feel better and all of a sudden i i'm going to walk outside and i see espo in like the kitchen because it's just like a regular office when you get down to kind of where we do it See Espo in the break room, and I'm like, oh man, there's Espo. That's that's interesting because it was an intermission. He was doing the radio call, and then Steve Versnick, who produces the radio for the Lightning, he's like, goes, hey, he calls me or something, and I turn around, and then Phil comes over. So then it's me, Phil, Steve, and then Dave Mishkin rolls up, and then so I'm in a conversation with with Phil and Dave Mishkin, and I go, I got to say something to Phil. I want to keep Phil here. So I, I said something to Phil about the NBC commentary, and he 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 said some colorful things, and we had a good he's laugh. Great, he's great. Yeah, we said we said, and and then Steve Versnick invited me the next game into the radio studio for a period to watch, and I'm an old radio nerd to watch Michigan and Espo call the game, and that's a highlight for me. I'll I'll never forget that. Uh, Barkley Goodrow scored a goal. We tied up the game. We ended up losing that game, but I'll never forget sitting there watching Espo, seeing the mics go off, and then watching Espo and Michigan have conversations about what was happening out on the ice, hearing them talk about players and things that I would never even think about as a fan. Uh, it was, I mean, come on, Espo's Hall of Famer, Michigan, one of the greatest commentators that I've ever heard radio TV. I don't care if he's a homer or not. He's brilliant to be able to watch a game on TV and call it like that. So to sit there and, and be with them for a full period was, I will never ever forget that moment. And that is, that's my takeaway from, from at least this year. That, that, that is awesome. Phil is a character. He will tell it like it is when he sees you. He will bust your balls. He is he is something else, but he's he's a good man. I had this really serious in September gallbladder attack. Came out of nowhere. I had an operation. I even had a complication. I had to wear a catheter for a while. It was oh, man. rough, man. I lost a lot of weight. So I was telling Dave Michigan uh, during the playoffs in one of the breaks, and he told Phil. So Phil goes, well, you got sick, huh? And I said, yeah, Phil. And they were walking down the stairs, you know, and I said, uh, you know, health is everything. He goes, it's everything. You know, it's everything. And he, I said, if we, if you slip, like you break your hip, he goes, you're done. And then he looks at me, he goes, you know what? You know, there's that saying, Rock, you know, the good die young. That's why you're still here. That's why I'm here. And But he's funny, man. I've been around him, but he's the, he's the greatest. And he says... Seth, his greatest accomplishment, look at what he did with the Bruins, the Rangers, what he's done in hockey. He said his greatest accomplishment was being able to bring an NHL franchise to Florida, to Tampa Bay. Yes. And he always, I don't know, I've seen him, I've been at different events and... He, he's got this line where, you know, it was Japanese ownership and he was able to get the money from them. And they say, you know, hockey. I thought you said sake. And he's like, no. And uh, but he said that is his greatest accomplishment. And then to see his baby to what it has become must be something else. huh? I have interviewed Phil three times. So I did it with Girardi once and then I did it on Zoom. And it's it's been memorable every single time. One of them was last year. Phil told me, he goes, hey, you're starting to look like Seth Rogen as he walked away. <laughs> and then he's asking, he's like, how do I turn the zoom off? And it's like a 30-second clip I have of I talking to Espo. Yes, he said he wants to be known as a builder, a guy that brought this team here. Uh, I don't know. I obviously am a little young at 39, never saw Espo play. Right. I see the records. I saw how many goals he had. I don't think anybody's going to ever know how, how great of a player he was. I don't know if anybody, everybody in this town should meet Espo. I think he is the godfather of Tampa Bay. He's brilliant to be around. I think he would talk to anybody. He would give anybody the time of day. He'd probably give you the shirt off his back. He tells it like it is almost too much sometimes, I think. Yeah, yeah he's but great. I love incredible it. to get to a point in life where you can just say whatever you want and not and not really get in trouble for it. I think that's what we all we all strive for. So I, I love Phil. We're staring at the statue of him. He's he's a brilliant guy and I'm so happy that that he's still part of the organization. Now um, what else you are doing? I know he uh, Smack Apparel and Jeff and that venture. 
tell us a little bit, and how did you become friends with him? He's an MLS player, yet he's a big uh, Lightning fan and Tampa Bay sports fan, right? Yeah, yeah. I met him when I was doing when I was doing kind of my my Lightning show for um, Lightning Power Play, and I, that's where I was just looking for anybody who was a Lightning fan, right. and I saw Jeff Attenella dancing on the jumbotron one night and they they tagged him on twitter or something and i was like who's this guy I was, just, I was like oh this guy's an mls or he's a lightning fan i go i gotta get this guy on really? so really so i met jeff right where we're doing this interview i did it out here with him because the lightning wouldn't actually let me into the building to do it, <laughs> to do it. it's such a glamorous job it is behind right. the scenes man we don't we don't nothing. listen i no I'll, power i will tell i'll i am very honest about where i where i am like there are i am not that important and i and i get it so they were busy that day but that's how i met Jeff and we had kind of messed around with some podcasting stuff and uh, he got hurt this year and he's out for the year and started doing his family owned smack apparel in town and they're unlicensed and but they they had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers shirts the beat down in the bay and they get yes. their shirts around and yes. they got them to the players and Number one bullshit. That's yeah. a big one. They, and they get these things out fast, man. That's that's the thing, yeah. Back to boat, I think you do. Right? Back to boat, yeah. We came up, uh, I was talking to them. They's like, hey, you have any ideas for lightning stuff? And I, I said like something about, you know, cap circumvention. And they're like, hey, circumvention is not really a sexy word for a shirt. Right. And then I was like, what about back to boat? And they go, they're like, oh, yeah, we like that. And so the shirts have been out since the playoffs started. But here's the thing. Ultimately, Stamkos wore the shirt during the parade. But to get to that point... We had to come up with the idea. It had to work. The Lightning had to win the Stanley Cup. And so what happened is Smack got Cooch, the number one bullshit shirts. So they put some back-to-boat shirts in the box. And then I guess for whatever reason, Stammer was drawn to the shirt. I don't have the story from him. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I see on Twitter, Stammer posts the picture of him, in the, and it's his back-to-boat. And I go, listen, Rock, I get z- I've made $0 off that shirt, but I'm going to tell you. As a creative guy, to just see that, the captain being my favorite player, that was all I needed to see. That was brilliant that he liked that enough to wear it, and he wore it the whole parade. So that is that made my life. So, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so doing stuff with, with Jeff and Smack, that's kind of how we came to be, and they're, they're letting me, you know, come up with shirt ideas, and uh, I'm glad that I came up with something that worked, and people are buying them, and that's that's exciting, too. I just I want to show my creativity in any way that I can, and if it's, if it's Lightning-affiliated, even better. What is the, uh, is it a current podcast or is it on hold or uh, you were yeah. doing with Jeff? We're doing, we did a lot of stuff like leading up to the playoffs and then we're probably going to do stuff like uh, going up to football season. So yeah, we're pretty much like on hold. He goes back and forth between here and Portland because he's like rehabbing and can't be away from the team for too long. So gotcha. there's always, gotcha. yeah, there's, there's a lot of things. Rock, you know, there's like. I got like so many things going on you get, and most of them flame out. You know, you got your work. You got to step up to the plate though, yeah, right? You work on five or six things. Maybe one works out, you That's know, but I'm, point. I'm always working on a few things and, and they come and they go. Some projects stick. This lightning one is stuck for the last couple of years. That's Some nice. other ones are sticking, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always trying to just see what's out there, you know, meet people and, I love doing podcasting, so you know that's kind of where I want to I stay and thrive. So that, that's that, that's not going anywhere, right? No. Don't podcasting is going to get bigger and bigger, don't you think? Oh God, yeah, yes, for sure. And you know how to use social media, man. Uh, that's that's and that's another uh, weapon in your arsenal, is it not? Well, I I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I. I just, you know, you don't I, overdo it. There's a way to, you know, some people post that constantly boring stuff. Yeah, no. I, I try. I feel like I've tried to get better promoting my, my lightning stuff. You know, instead of just sending out a link, I would have people cut up video clips for me. I'd pay them like the lightning started doing it for me this year. What I, but I had like a guy where I'd give like 25% of my paycheck to, to edit video clips just so I could post them because I felt like, the promotion was, was so much more important than the money that I was making off of it. Right. So um, that's kind of how I did it. And then the Lightning were chopping up clips. And when people were allowed back in the building, they started promoting it on the Jumbotron more. And they promoted during the games on Lightning Radio. So it started getting out there. I just wanted to find creative ways to promote it. I would try to get guys to... Um, you know, give me videos of going, hey, this is Blake Coleman, you know, listen to me on the block party. Like Blake Coleman actually did one. Ryan Callahan did one. You know, some guys didn't do one. I asked some guys to do one. They'd be like, yeah, they'd never get back to me. So, but I'm always just trying to find ways to promote it. If you do a podcast, like this, 
it, it lives forever. So to me, you can't just promote it once. I'm still promoting my Ross Colton podcast I did at the beginning of the year because people need to hear it, my Yanni Gord one. So, yeah, I'm always just trying to recycle, get it out there. It's good content. And, you know, I'm on social media a lot, but I know the average person is just scrolling, you know, maybe a few times a day. So right. I'm, I want to make sure that I can I can hit them on their screen, um, you know, when they're scrolling. Is there, as we, we end, is there any advice, anything that you want to say to, because again, like you were a fan. Now, yes, you had a broadcasting background, but all this came about because of your passion and it comes through. And when you're doing it, you're in your car, you're walking. Oh my God, it gets, it gets you pumped up uh, and, and look at how it, look at, look at you, man. You, you know, you're yeah. Stanley Cup champion working for the <laughs> lightning, man. It's I mean, a- you know. I'll tell you what it it, um, it it makes me happy. It's in in the career of radio, as you know, and from what I had, you know, I had great years in radio. But what I remember towards the last few years was just not anything pleasant. And this this brings me a lot of joy. You know, it's not my main job; it's a side hustle, but it brings me joy. And I and I reached out originally to work for the Lightning full time, and they offered me to do a radio show for free, and I took it. And I wasn't in my 20s. I was in my 30s trying to have a family. So it wasn't like I was, you know, an up and comer, but I did it. And I feel like that's the reason that I'm here is because I stayed, you know, my, my name stayed around, floated around. And when Matt left and they needed a guy, they called me, you know, and when Breezman had hooked me up with interviews for my for my radio shows over the years, I never messed with any of the players. I was always professional. I always respected it. And, you know, I think that that's a reason why. So. I would say to get, don't pass up any opportunity if it's something you're passionate about. Well, even if it doesn't look good at the time, I didn't think twice about it. I said, I'm going to get to do a show for the lightning and that's, that's good enough for me. And now it got to the point where I get to get paid to watch Stanley cup final game. So not, my name's not going on the cup. Didn't get a ring. Don't care. You know, don't (laughs) care. This is, this is the stuff that I love. Like I said, the Michigan, Espo, that's what I'm taking away from this. That those are the things that I'll remember forever. So that's what makes it special. I, I would not be here uh, if I if I think if I turned down the opportunity to do do a show for free. So and you took it, and you ran with it, and yeah. congrats, congrats, Seth. Thank you, brother. Absolutely, thank you, Rock. Yeah, he's. Uh, I, we hit it off. We hit it off. Now I don't know how it would go if we saw each other every day in the same show, or. <laughs> but I just I don't. I, I think we'd be okay. And again, my wife cannot understand it. I, I was telling her the whole. She goes, "Well, how do you know this guy?" I said, "Well, you know, he used to do here, and he was here, and he didn't like working, and then he worked here, and they work here, and then he was doing it in the lighting, and then he did this, and he also does this. And he's got a side hustle here." And the St. Pete legend, the hat. And then he was with, you know, Smack Apparel. This, how do you know all of this? She said, uh, just social media. She's like, oh, God, how, how? And you hit it off and you, you never knew him? Yeah. Now, I mean, I've never met him and I hit it off. Same thing when I went back to Jersey, the PD of that radio station following him. I knew that I would hit it off and I hit it off with him. Isn't that something? So there you go. Thank you, Seth, and uh, much success. And I'm sure we will run into each other once again. And again, the partying continues with the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup got fixed up. You know, it was dented by Pat Maroon. He admitted it slipped. He, he hurt his back. It was going back, going back, and it fell and it dented. And they fixed it up. And now the, it has been making the rounds. Speaking of making the rounds, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the White House invitation. You know, it, it it's a shame that it has become political. You know, oh, if you're a Democrat and a Republican, or if you're a Republican, oh, you're going to go there and Biden's there. Oh, it was Trump. It used to be, man, an honor to go to the White House when you won, you know, take advantage. It isn't every day that you win a Super Bowl. It isn't every day, although you go back to back to win the Stanley Cup. It's got to, you know, it's got to fall into place. And this this thing now about, I've seen some of these shows like, will the Buccaneers go undefeated? Undefeated? There's even an extra game, 17-0. and 0. Yeah, you brought everybody back, but my God, that's absurd. I don't even, that doesn't even enter in my mind. A team that could go 17 and 0. Seriously? Really? Last year, everything fell into place. You know, the big thing now is, you know, Brady played with a torn MCL. He had the brace on. What he's been able to do, he's just, 
He is a freak. He is incredible. And I want to segue into Conor McGregor because when you have hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, how it's it's all it's almost thinking impossible to still have the hungry drive, the drive that you had when you were coming out of Michigan and you were what was he, fifth, sixth round pick? And just trying to be a starter, trying to make it and to still have as much of a drive when you are famous and you're good looking and the beautiful family and the mansions and the boats and the yachts and the, and to still have that drive. He is like uh, one of a kind because, you know, McGregor, McGregor's whiskey makes him so much money and he came from nothing and to have all that money, look, I'm, I got to give it up for McGregor because he moves the needle. He is very, he pisses off people, but he, you want to see what he's going to do and, you know, when he's going to have his fight, you know, good for you. I give him congratulations there, but I was not a fan. Like, I don't like, I don't like him. He's too much for me. He's too much. And when you talk so much shit to your opponent and also like bringing up his wife and your wife is in my DMs, even after you lose and you broke your leg and you're still selling, you know, yelling out that shit, man, wife and kids, that pisses me off. That does. That's, that's like, to me is, to me, it's crossing the line. It is. And you've now lost three out of the last four, right? You know, you're, you, and then to come out with the excuses of, I had stress fractures in my leg going into camp. Now the Nevada athletic state commission has come out. And I don't know who's telling the truth, but they have come out and said, we did not know about this. If we would have known this, we would have handled this over to our doctors, they would have investigated and found out whether or not he was fit to fight. There's the old say, I've covered the NFL for a long time, and coaches always say, if you if I put you out there on the field, you know, on a Sunday, then, <laughs> you know, nobody's ever 100% injury-free. Nobody's just has nothing wrong. Ever when you're a grown man and you've been in a business for a long time, a, a physical business like MMA, boxing, football, hockey, you're never 100% with nothing wrong. But to now be claiming the excuse, the excuse, I got the stress fractures and he, he did put on his Instagram, he showed a picture that it was wrapped. And yeah, he probably did have an injury uh, in camp, but you got in the ring. You know, you, if you're going to go in and you lose, don't make the excuse. That's why he is just, he has turned me off even more. Um, you know, karma can be a bitch and he's losing, losing and losing. And it's going to get close to where it's your, you know, you won't be uh, appointment TV to watch, but did he have a stress fracture that he broke it? It's going to be at least a whole year before he gets back. But it's just the excuses and, and mentioning his wife, Poirier's wife, like, yeah, it's not entertaining to me. It, it really isn't. All righty. What else we got cooking? Um, uh, okay. Howard Johnson, Hojo. I, I didn't even want to read. I knew I was going to tell this story. And I didn't even want to read details, so I didn't want to see pictures or anything like that. His grandson, who is only two years old, a little two-year-old grandson, was run over his foot by the lawnmower by his daddy. And it was strictly an accident. You know, you got a toddler or what is two, two-year-old running around. You can, how even Howard Johnson, the grandfather, remember the Howard Johnson, he played baseball. He played for the Mets. Do you remember that? And he even said, it's nobody's fault. It was strictly an accident. And I guess the foot, he lost his toes, the little boy. And it's so hard. They can't just reconstruct the foot. There's like so much infection. There has to be several operations to get to the point where they can try to reconstruct it. And it's just, oh my God. And even Howard even said, you don't 
Hojo, you know, you hate to see when a little one is very sick or is hurting. Oh my God. But when I saw it, I thought I would tell you now, if you heard this from me before, my apologies, but Howard Johnson grew up in Clearwater, Florida. He is a huge Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Always has been. And here's a guy that played many years in the major leagues. He he won the World Series with the Mets. It was that 86 team. He even says that the 86 Mets and going all the way back to the 1969 New York Mets are more popular now (laughs) than they were then because Mets fans in New York had just been suffering for so damn long. And so Hojo, I remember this because this is years ago. I don't know if it was at the old Sombrero or it was at Ray J. It's a long time ago. So that means he had just come off of playing. And I saw him coming out of Tropicana Field one day. And I think that he was going in there interviewing for maybe a job, uh, coaching, something like that, because he did get into coaching. And it was right after he had stopped playing. And I said, Hojo, hey, how you doing? Hey, my name is Rock Riley. I work at Bay News 9, blah, blah, blah. Hey, listen, and at the time I was pitching in a men's league, amateur league, 30 and over. No, 18 and over. My bad, 18. I always played 18. And uh, even when I got to 40, I was still pitching in 18 and over. I like to play against the kids, you know? If I'm going to play against guys that are, you know, 38, 40, whatever, whatever. And I said, Hojo, hey, man, hey, listen, we got this team. We play once a week or whatever. We'd love you to come by. You still like to play? And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I said, all right, well, maybe I'll get, I'll get a hold of you somehow. What do you think? You think maybe he goes, maybe I'll do that. Yeah. So I remember going to my team when we had a game that weekend said, hey, I ran into Hojo, Howard Johnson. He might want to play for us. And we were busting the balls of our third baseman and then, and all oh, busting him so bad. Da, 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 da. But I don't know what it was. Did I not get back to him? Did he not get back? I don't, don't remember, but I remember running into him. Okay. So boom. Now we fast forward to football season. I'm in the locker room after a Buccaneer game. And what happens is when you go in an NFL locker room, the players are taking their showers and it's very awkward. There's a bunch of tape. Every player that plays in the NFL has their ankles taped. So they got to cut their tape off. They, they, so there's tape. They got tape. They're taped all over the place. You know what I mean? So there's tons of tape. Their uniforms are down on the ground or they throw them in these bags. And I swear to you that I'm looking around to do an interview you're in there. The players don't want, they're, they're tired. They want to get the hell out of there. They don't want to talk to them. I don't blame them. They just want to get out there. Maybe see their family, get out of there. And you're just like, you're rushing real quick. They're not in there long, man. They're trying to get out of there. And I'm looking, looking, I see Howard Johnson, Hojo. He's picking up the tape and picking up the players' uniforms. Like the cleanup guy. I swear to God, after all those years in the major leagues. And I went, Hojo. And he looked up at me and he go, he goes, I go, Oh my God, dude, I can't believe you're doing this. He goes, you know, I love the Buccaneers. He goes, don't, don't say anything. Don't tell anybody. And I said, no problem, man. And I said, good to see you, bro. And just kept walking. And he just kept doing his thing, cleaning up, uh, picking up tape and stuff like that. How about that? Because, and the only reason I brought that up is because of this Howard Johnson grandson story. It's made national news. And I figured I would just tell you that story. And I've told it maybe once or twice over the years. That's a long time ago. But how about that? How many former NFL, MLB, MLB would be in a locker room helping clean up just because they're a huge fan of the team? How about that? All right, let me get to the Olympics. Now, we got the Olympics coming up in about a week. I think the USA men's national team, USA basketball plays, I believe, where this week it's like Friday, Saturday, something like that coming up. And same thing for the baseball. And, you know, I heard an excuse. Again, here was another excuse. I heard one of the players saying, you know, we just got thrown together, man. You know, some of these other teams like Nigeria, who else did they lose to, that have been playing together for years, you know, five years, six years, seven years. You know, there there is something to that with basketball because there's only five guys on a court 
And, you know, but these are NBA players. The, the rest of the world has caught up to, to the America in basketball. That's it. Bottom line. Just, just say that, you know, the, the rest of the world is, is good. You know, it's a lot, a lot better. I just don't like the excuses, but all right. All right. So I'm trying to be nice. I'll give you, I'll give you a little something, something. All right. If you just get thrown together, it does take, you know, a while to get used to that guy. Does he like the ball here? Does he run the pick and roll a little bit? Can you block, you know, can you set a screen for me? I, I, I'll give you that. But when it comes to baseball, this thing about like team camaraderie and knowing each other's tendencies and weaknesses, both that, that means squat. I let's call it like it is. I'll never forget years and years ago being at Yankees spring training, George Steinbrenner, Mr. Steinbrenner, the late, the boss was holding court. I stuck my microphone in. I went over and I'm listening and somebody asked George Steinbrenner, what about chemistry? How, how big is it to you to be all these players to be together as one, as a team? And he goes, it's overblown. I had Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin. They couldn't stand each other. They would fight one another. But as long as they came to play, Reggie came to hit. Billy managed the way he's supposed to manage. There you go. And I was just like, look at that. That's coming from George Steinbrenner. You know, because when you're on a baseball field, say you're playing third base, all right? There's a shot hit to you. Boom. It doesn't matter whether or not you really are buddies with the first baseman. Hell no. You're going to make that stab, boom, and try to fire it over there to get the runner at first. Right? You're going to try to turn two. There's a one hopper hit to the third baseman. Oh, he's not getting along with the second baseman that's covering second base now. No, he's going to throw a P to him and he's going to throw it over to first. Boom, double play. If the pitcher is not getting along with the outfielder and they had a disagreement last night over beers and it almost came to blows. Pitcher throws the ball up, hit to the center fielder. But center fielder's being like, uh, uh, am I going to drop this? Because I, uh, no. So, you know, the thing is, because the, the baseball team is managed by Mike Sosha. And I was going down the roster and I kind of like it, man. These guys are either triple A or double A players. There's an American player on the team that play, is playing in Japan. I think there's two of them. One is in another league, the Mexican league. And these guys are just close. Some have played in the major leagues, like Scott Casimir, former Tampa Bay Devil Ray. He's with the San Francisco Giants now. He's in AAA. Casimir's on the team. Edwin Jackson is pitching on this team. Uh, Todd Frazier was playing on, he's the only one on the roster that's not in, He's not an affiliated ball, this and that. He played in the Frontier League. That's a lower-end independent league for just, what, six to ten games with the Sussex County Miners just to get at bats, just to stay a little bit sharp. The Todd father, remember him? I was trying to interview him when I went back to Jersey and this and that, and the guy that ran the Sussex Miners didn't get back to me. A young guy, Justin, come on now. But whatever. But uh, I, you know, baseball, like the, the team chemistry, I always laugh. I tell the story where when I interviewed the three managers uh, years ago, Lou Pinella, uh, John Tortorella of the Lightning, coaches, managers, and John Gruden. And the three of them were on the show together. And it was during a break. And Tortorella asked Lou Pinella, uh, how many team meetings do you have where you just, and I goes, none. <laughs> none. It's baseball. Like you get everybody together. You know, like I said, Reggie Jackson, I had Ray Negron on. He was the longtime bat boy. He was a bat boy during the Bronx Zoo. And he loved Reggie. He also loved Billy Martin. But they would, they would, Billy Martin, they would go at it. They would fight. But when it comes down to when you cross the line, when you get out there, that's all, that's all that matters. But it's funny about the, uh, like the camaraderie in baseball, it's, it's, it's overblown. All right. I saw a story here on now. I was just telling you about that little independent team, the league, the frontier league. There was an almost malice in the palace. Do you remember that with the Detroit Pistons? 
It was dollar beer night at this Yogi Berra Stadium in Little Falls, New Jersey. The New Jersey Jackals. This is professional baseball, but it's affiliated, uh, non-affiliated baseball. In other words, these teams are not affiliated with the major league teams. Okay, it's independent baseball. They're the ones that are trying out. The, oh, that's another thing for another day. I just thought of it. The the umpiring by like a computer. Oh, my God. I've seen some pitches where that was so far outside and there's a delay and then it's a strike. I mean, I hope that we do not go to digital umpiring, robot umpiring. I don't want to see that. I really don't. If the computer is on the fritz or something is out of whack, it, it's it's effed up. But anyway, there was dollar beer night and a fan or fans threw some beer out onto one of the players. Team, both teams went over the fence and started to try to duke it out with the fans. And I just started thinking, I'm like, okay. And at this game, it was a near brawl. Luckily, some some of the players stopped these players that wanted to fight the fans. And you got kids there. Dollar, listen, I am a beer drinker. I would love dollar beer night. It's not a good idea. Some people do not. They have beer muscles. Yeah, have you met those guys over the years? You know what I'm talking about. They get a buzz on. And they think that they can beat up everybody or they get loud and they do stupid things. So dollar beer night, not a good idea. And, um, you know, there was disco night. I was thinking about that at Comiskey Park. You remember that disco sucks, disco sucks. And it just turned out to be because the beers were cheap and it just, it's just not a good idea. Uh, but anyway, 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 anyway. All right. What else we got? You know what? I really don't feel like getting into Richard Sherman with, you know, now saying that he needs going to get help and good for him that he is going to get help. You know, the the NFL player with the, the domestic violence, malicious mischief, the resisting arrest, the driving under the influence, the reckless endangerment. And if, if he needs help, because I, I was doing some homework and in February, the prosecutors and the sheriff got an extreme risk protection order taking away his guns, a danger to himself. So, because his wife said he was drunk and he was thinking about suicide. He went to the father-in-law's house. We've seen all the video and all that stuff. Now, I hope that he does get help, you know, because obviously something's going on. This isn't like just a one-time anger thing. But the one thing that I don't like is like, you can't just like, you know what? I'm going for help uh, and excuse the behavior that you did, you know, am I going to go out and do a lot of crazy stuff and crazy shit? And then just, I'm now in treatment or I'm now in, you know, you, you know what I'm saying? But you know what? I'm, I'm keeping this one light. No need. So here's what we got cooking. Um, Oh, just, you know what? Maybe I'll save it for another podcast. I saw that the quarterback for the Florida Gators is going to take number 15. He thinks it's a good marketing idea. Tebow's number. Why? If you're a college kid, Anthony Richardson, he's the Gators quarterback. One of the Gators quarterbacks. He's switching from number two to number 15. Tim Tebow is whatever you think of Tebow. And if you're not a Gator fan, you got to admit he was one hell of a college quarterback. Was he not one of the greats of all time? And this Anthony Richardson was number two in little league, middle school, high school. And he is going to switch to number 15 because he said he, some fans encouraged him and it's good for marketing. See, these kids now know that they can get paid for their likeness. And like, why would you put yourself under pressure like that, Anthony Richardson? With Gator Nation taking Tebow's number. I I don't know. And speaking of Tebow's former coach, Urban Meyer. Did you see? You know, he's in Jacksonville now. He got fined a hundred grand. The team got a couple of a hundred grand fine for having padded practices when you're not supposed to in the offseason. There were three NFL teams that got nailed. But Jimmy Johnson, who lives down in Key West, loves life. Still, I think he still works for Fox. 
He remember he went from college Miami Hurricanes to the Dallas Cowboys, and he said it is such a world of difference that when he was coaching college kids, he was more of their mentor. And you know what Jimmy Johnson said when he got to the NFL, he found out that the players mm, priority, high priority was money, was money. It's just, it changes everything. And I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to ease into this transition. He just seems to me like he is hard headed. He is a hell of a coach. Football is football, but it is so different with NFL guys and money and agents. That's what Jimmy Johnson said too. the agents get in their ears. Their agents tell them this. They believe this. So good luck to you in Duval County. All right. Uh, Where will I go next? I don't know. Hopefully I'll have another trip. I am going to be really hot and heavy on covering the Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Mr. One Tom Brady. So I will be, that's the plan anyway, uh, at the facility a lot and giving you a little insight on that. We'll be, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But thanks again, man. Just thanks for supporting. You know what I'm saying? I love doing this. Try to bring it to you a little bit different. My thanks to Seth Cush. Good luck to you, Seth. In your career, as you continue on with your Tampa Bay Lightning and all your other side hustles, and thank you. Hang in there. Hope you're having a good summer. I'll talk to you next week on The Rock Stops Here. This week on Crush Performance, episode number two of our Science of Sweetness series. This week we discuss fuel trafficking. What happens to the foods and beverages you consume once they enter your body? Are they going in the right direction? Are they getting delivered to the right place? Or are they wreaking havoc on your health, your brain, and your performance? We'll answer some of your questions and we'll look at how artificial sweeteners are changing the part of the brain that controls your metabolism with lasting consequences. Another powerful Science of Sweetness episode this week on Crush Performance. Crush Performance with Jeff Cruschel can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.